Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sunday morning. The Football Scoop Podcast coming to you live. We're all over the country. Got John Bryce, Zach Barnett, college football experts. I am your host, Scott Roussel, and I am excited to be here after a fascinating day of college football. It was a fun one to watch. There were some terrible injuries, which are a real bummer. Um, it, it was. It's college football, guys. Uh, injuries happen. It's a shame. But there were some great plays. There were some weird calls. Uh, there was a lack of offense in Iowa. All the things you've come to expect in college football this year. And today, the NFL kicks off with the Saints beating the Dirty Birds to start the season, which everybody's excited about. Everybody is excited about. Gentlemen, let's start in Austin. It was something. Quinn Ewers goes long. What a throw. What a catch. And then the injury. and just Zach, give me your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, as I wrote in the first quarter or in Nuggets, you know, it'd be nice to maybe one day see a Texas quarterback finish a first quarter against Alabama. I mean, the frustrating thing about this is, I mean, nobody knows who to won that game if, if, if Quinn had, had 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 finished the whole game. And uh, um, obviously that's the point of playing these games. But Texas had, had its opportunities, even with a Gimpy Hudson card out there limping on one leg. Uh, I mean, the uh, – the the near sack on Ryan Watts uh, on that fourth down play obviously would have changed the game. Um, you know, uh, the, I think the the general consensus around at least around Austin is, hey, that was really encouraging. Texas looks better than they have in a long time, and I'm just like, let's tap the brakes a little bit. You've got, I mean, uh, you've got two jihad games coming up. Uh, UTSA is going to give you everything they've got. Uh, Texas Tech on the road after that's going to give you absolutely everything they've got. Um, so win those two, and, and then and then we'll talk. But uh, obviously the the injury to Ewers, he's got a a sprained clavicle, which I didn't even know you could do that. Uh, so he might be out one week, he might be out eight. So you know, just in, in general, everything is just on pause. You 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 were thought going into that game if you could play Alabama down in the final ten seconds, it'd be you know a lot of great feelings, but. Just the way that it happened, the way that, that it unfolded, it's just like so many, just so many thoughts, so many thoughts. Bryce Young in the fourth quarter, especially his last couple of drives, was fantastic. He changed – I mean, he won the game. Uh, yeah. Will Anderson played well at the end as well. But Bryce Anderson, uh, Bryce Young was fantastic. The rest of their team was hot garbage for the most part, but he was he was great. Hot garbage by Alabama. Well, come on. You can't say hot garbage when you held Bama to 20 points with what Bama has been doing as a joke. No, I mean, the rest of Alabama's team was yeah, hot. Alabama, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. My, my bad there, my, my confusion. Um, if only somebody on the Football Scoop podcast had said, like, last Thursday, this would be a great game going into the fourth quarter. Um, but it, I was super impressed with Texas, and I thought um, when you look at the history of Saban disciples and in their first years against Saban, um, what Sark did yesterday absolutely is cause for encouragement. It doesn't mean that Texas is back as everyone wants to rush to say. Um, but this is, again, uh, I've had multiple head coaches tell me one of the first things we have to do in changing a culture is learning how to lose close games to then learning how to win close games. And, and certainly Texas had a lot of pain in those close games last year, but I think um, when you see it in yesterday's game, you see how, how much progress Texas has made. You talk to those, but you know it well, Zach, you're there in Texas, um, how much enthusiasm and encouragement there is around the young nucleus of Texas players that have been brought in. And 
Um, yesterday was a great game for college football. Um, it was a great thing for people to, to see after a week ago, everybody saying um, college football has absolutely zero parity and it's Alabama and Georgia and everybody else. And um, yesterday showed that's why you play the game. Yesterday showed everywhere that's why you played the game. All right, so we, we talked about quarterback injury there. Let's talk about a little bit of quarterback injury. Another game you were at, John Bryce, you were at Notre Dame, Marshall. Give me uh, give me how that one played out and thoughts on where, where Notre Dame goes from here. Yeah, um, I asked Marcus Freeman about the game, his, about this after the game. His mantra is he very much wants this to be a program led by its offensive and defensive lines. Defensive line is closer to being that leader leadership group than the offensive line right now. That's disappointing. Um, Joe Alt has been fabulous at left tackle for Notre Dame, but a lot of question marks uh, in the other four spots, even with Jarrett Patterson's return yesterday from injury. Um, and late in the game, as Notre Dame was in desperation mode and had already thrown uh, two bad picks, Tyler Buckner went down on the turf hard. He, he exited the game, never returned. Um, there's great concern about the, the long-term severity of that injury, and I think Buckner is expected to be out for a significant amount of time. That's really tough. Drew Pine is a really gritty kid that is easy to root for, uh, whoever you cheer for in college football, just because this guy is undersized and pours everything he has into it. Um, but Notre Dame can't run the ball effectively right now. Um, it's criminally thin at the wide receiver position um, because the – the last position coach um, just didn't do a good job of keeping the ranks filled. And um, then they've had injuries on top of that. Uh, so I don't know that there's a, a power five or a major college football team right now that has fewer scholarship wide receivers than Notre Dame. Um, but this was also don't want to get lost in it. Absolute statement win for Charles Huff, um, who uh, we've talked about a lot at football scoop. We've had him on some of our rising stars lists. Uh, we talked about the job he did last year at Marshall. Um, we'll have more with Charles Huff coming up this week on the site. I'm really excited for that content. Um, but mm. he stamped his arrival. And I, I can tell you, into 2 o'clock this morning, I had college coaches texting me about the chaos of the sport yesterday and already talking about how many jobs are going to be opening. And I'm not going to speculate on any specific jobs right now, but I'm going to tell you Charles Huff just put his name on a lot of lists yesterday. Uh, quick shout out, some inside stuff here, but uh, my man Sherrod Everett with Marshall Football, the way he was dressed yesterday was immaculate. My man, my man stepped up, did a great job. It's beautiful. All right, I'm going to run you guys through some quick, some games for some quick thoughts, uh, and I'm going to start Friday night, and we're going to go fast through everything. Louisville looked much better, totally different team than they were versus Syracuse, um, and Louisville hung on. Gus's team just couldn't couldn't close. Any thoughts on that one, real quick? Yeah, I mean, uh, my my old high school head coach, Mark Bowles, always told us that the most improvement any team makes is between week one and week two. And I thought about that with Louisville. Like, I mean, I'll, myself included, a lot of people were leaving that that team for dead. And uh, hats off to Scott Satterfield for proving me wrong. And is the Gus bus are the wheels completely off the Gus bus offense? That was that was hard to watch, especially at home and in year two. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. Let's wait and see what happens the next couple of weeks when I hear you. All right, I'm going to go through the top 25. We're going to talk about a couple other games. Georgia held, you know, took care of Sanford just like they should. Ohio State took care of uh, Butch Jones' squad. Michigan, Zach, you've been calling this for a couple of weeks. Michigan was going to run up the score to a certain degree on Hawaii, and then J.J. was going to be the guy. Yeah? 
Yeah, I, I mean, uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh came out and said that. I mean, uh, JJ started like eight of nine, and his only incompletion was a was a drop. And so, with what he gives him in the running game, like he is just too good to sit at this point. So it, it, it's his show moving forward. In Michigan, I have them number four in the country. Like I, they they could go out and win the Big Ten again. Clemson took care of Furman. App went into A and M, and we all saw it. We all saw it. It was a beauty to, to behold. We spoke about it on the pod, what, Thursday? And I said, look, if, if App goes in there and does what I think they're going to do, Kevin Barbe, Texas high school guy, grew up in Texas, coached throughout Texas, he's going to be getting accolades, and it's it's pouring in. Uh, Sean Clark, after the game, was awesome. I don't know if you guys saw the locker room, but the locker room was ecstatic. It was fantastic. That's what college football is all about. I loved every second of it. I saw I saw the streets of Boone flooded with uh, students from App State. And uh, having spent some time in Boone with my grandparents uh, through the years growing up in East Tennessee, knowing a little bit about that community, that was really cool to see. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and then from the A&M side, like, I mean, they were, they were number six. They finished last year unranked. And then seemingly on the strength of a true freshman recruiting class, they were number six to start this year. I didn't rank them in my Super 16 poll. Uh, I finally put them in at number 15 or 16 last week. And obviously I picked A&M to win the game, so I'm not going to say I called this. But, like, the rush to coordinate this team when its offense is going backwards, I just haven't understood. Uh, I mean, Haynes King threw 20 times, didn't get to 100 yards in his third year in the program. Looks like a true freshman. Like, they've got to rethink everything that what they're doing offensively. And they've got Miami, Arkansas, at Mississippi State, and Alabama in their next four games. Yeah, and um, I thought it was interesting. I saw a few uh, headlines, a few comments about how App State wears down Texas A&M, and you think, wow, is that a little bit of hyperbole? No, no, it's not. App State never let them have the ball. Uh, App State had the ball for almost 42 minutes in that game, and I've touched on this and some other things about Notre Dame's struggles with time of possession in its first two games of the year, but 42 to 18 basically, between App State's time of possession and Texas A&M's time of possession at home, coming off of um, a money game last week against an FCS foe, a really good FCS foe. But, um, you know, Zach, you and I talked about it, and um, and we were asking our, our staff Slack why Jimbo would even talk about um, entertaining the West Virginia job. And we said, well, there's always those losses that creep up. Well, what did we see yesterday? Always one of those losses that creep up. So I thought your cousin played app very well, uh, you know, an app. But really, this game was really one on the ground, and mm-hmm. they just they just said, "Hey, we're just going to run it because you can't stop us. We're going to get the necessary first down. We're going to get the necessary first down, and then we're going to break it and go the whole way." And I'm yelling, "Stop! Stop! You just win the game, but whatever." Yeah. Anyway, app, congratulations, hats off. It was great fun to watch. <laughs> Moving forward, Oklahoma took care of Kent State like everybody kind of expected. Maybe not the exact way everybody expected, but they're almost shut out in the first half. Seven to three halftime. Yeah. 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 They got it. I know. I know. We'll see. Uh, a nightcap because I'm running out of the top 25. BYU Baylor was back and forth, back and forth. Highly entertaining, I thought. Uh, the ending was weird yet awesome. Everybody was exhausted. Give me thoughts on that one. I thought it was one of the best games I've watched in a while. Probably will be one of the best games that we see this college football season. And I think we all hit on it Thursday on our pod. 
that would be a game that was not cheated for physicality. And that's probably why I love that game the most. I mean, look, Provo, that's a great atmosphere, but that was just an awesome, awesome game to watch. I think Zach and I both had picked Baylor. I know you picked BYU, Scott, so kudos to you. But a super, super fun game and not a top 25 game, but I'm going to throw it in there. Oregon State at Fresno State was phenomenal. The win was awesome. The final play for the win, gutsy call. Yeah, after the give and take of like four timeouts with no play snap because Oregon State took its final timeout and then forced Fresno State to take the remainder of its timeouts. And then the quarterback walked in for the first ever Oregon State win at Fresno State. They're now one and six. How about that? By the way, guys, if you're not reading Nuggets, I know a lot of you guys are football scoop fans, but every Sunday Nuggets is just loaded with stuff like what we're talking about. It's uh, it's fascinating. From it would, it would take a college football savant to produce such a thing every Sunday morning. Glad we got one of those on board. All right, USC, Stanford. USC came out of the blocks and never really slowed down. Stanford, I don't know, guys. I'm just, I'm just a little disappointed. I hate to say it. Yeah, I mean, I came out on this podcast on Thursday and said if USC is really a top ten team, they'll they'll lead this game twenty eight ten at halftime, and it was thirty five fourteen, I believe. So, uh, I, I I I've been a USC skeptic of obviously not of their offense, but of their overall team, uh, especially their defense. And their defense is playing well enough right now because that offense is terrifying. Like they they are they look better, you know, Caleb and, and Lincoln. Uh, have have improved on what they did last season at Oklahoma. Like they look like, I, I haven't seen a better offense in college football so far this season. So, uh, you know, I have them at number six right now, and I could see them going higher. Like if they continue playing opportunistic, turnover forcing football, like I don't, I really don't like their ability to stop teams from a down to down basis. But if they can force just enough turnovers to let that offense cook, I mean, John, you said it like. Last year, if with the right pieces in place, this this team could go be in that playoff mix, and I'm seeing that right now. Like the, I I don't see a lot of teams slowing them down enough for their defense to matter. You know, Bryce Young had the signature play yesterday to to lead to the win against Texas, but Caleb Williams was so good. It's USC. Um, sometimes there's that fatigue for a guy having a chance to repeat. So I'm wondering if if yesterday became Caleb Williams' true um, stamp toward a path as a Heisman, a legitimate Heisman candidate. And then Jordan Addison got far more involved yesterday. But Caleb Williams was brilliant. And to agree with you, Scott, um, you know, disappointed in Stanford and wondering how far Stanford has fallen and if it can get back up to what we've come to expect for several years in a row. Oklahoma State took care of Arizona State. Anything to say there? I mean, I guess the encourage. I thought Oklahoma State played a C game and still won by multiple yeah. scores. So I, I guess you can take from that what you will. Yeah, Arizona State cut it to seven in the second half, and then um, Oklahoma State just took care of business to win by seventeen. I think Kentucky Florida was a fun one to watch. Um, Florida's quarterback just had he he had he didn't excel when he when they could have used him in the second half, really had some, some poor throws. Uh, I, the, the moment of the game to me, you know, I'm a, I'm a coach's guy, but the, the grin on Mark Stoops face after that pick six, it was everything else. It filled me a joy to see that he's like, yeah, that just happened. It was a moment. I loved it. You yeah. Know? I mean, uh, Kentucky fell down 16, seven and had that punt snap, uh, you know, go out into the end zone and didn't give up a point again after that. Like, 
mean, people were rushing to coronate Anthony Richardson after that Utah game, well-deserved. And, I mean, Kentucky's defense showed that college football is a week-to-week sport. Like, he, they made him look like a guy making his third start. And so, uh, I mean, the, the SEC East is – we're going to talk about another SEC East team here in a minute. But, I mean, they're coming on. Like, Kentucky looks very strong. I'm not throwing Florida under the bus right now, but, I mean – Mark Stoops has so elevated that Kentucky program. It's, it's been fun to watch. Just like we uh, talked about in the Notre Dame game and those interceptions really dooming the Irish, interception doomed the Gators. And they had complete control of the game through the pick on the uh, slip screen, I think it was, that really gave Kentucky new life. And then obviously the pick six that put Kentucky up for good in that contest um, when they had a running back split out wide and there was miscommunication there. And, um, that, that will be a game not to take anything away from Kentucky, but that will be a game as Florida watches the film today and tomorrow and feels like it absolutely gave that game away, especially at home. Yeah, no doubt about it. Congrats, Mark Stoops, breaking Paul Bear Bryant's Kentucky wins record. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Significant that's awesome. Because Kentucky's had a lot of coaches. Yeah. Uh, Mark, people talk about Mark being an option elsewhere, and, and maybe, but boy, he's in such a great place. I just stay where you are. Go as long as you want to go and shut it down. Except how much does his recent feud with John Calipari factor into it and being told by somebody at his own school that, hey, we're a basketball school. How much – I mean, that's got to be a factor, and I guarantee you it's on the negotiating table. Oh, it's on the negotiating table, no doubt. I mean, that's that's good agent work right there. Uh, You're absolutely right, but golly – you know, people talk about would Iowa be a place and, you know, Kirk Ferentz would be there until he's 109. But, you know, if Iowa opened, you know, would he go there? There's there's talk of things like that. You know, like, guys, at Kentucky, the dude owns a distillery. He yeah. goes to dinner every night and has more fun. You know, they're, they're not a grinding type staff. He has a wonderful life. They're winning. Everybody respects him, likes him. Golly. A chance, you know, they're getting they, – they haven't beaten Georgia – but a chance to get to the championship game of the SEC, which is all that matters, right? You get to the SEC championship game, you have a chance to play for the national championship game. So, I mean, he's getting there. I, I wouldn't rush him out of town. All right, I'm going to blow through a couple. Utah just, you know, waxed Southern Utah like they should. Michigan State handled Akron like they should. Miami handled Southern Miss like they should. Arkansas kicked off early and just ran the ball and did what I think we, I think we all picked Arkansas. Uh, I think we all expected this. At home, that's what they're supposed to do, and they did they look nasty up front. Like they look like the second best team in the SEC West. I mean, clearly after Saturday. Like I can't. I love watching this team. You know, uh, we we've mentioned before. Other people mentioned the the benefit they get from the stability of of Sam Pittman, Barry Odom, and Kendall Bryles being in their third years together. They've recruited well. They've dominated the transfer portal. I mean, Drew Sanders, the Alabama transfer he's one of my favorite players in college football so it's, it's fun to see him uh succeed there like they're so much fun to watch I, I i'm happy to see their success and look uh, kirby smart would tell you that sam Pittman was huge in the foundation of georgia um because of Pittman's commitment up front and now we're seeing that mm-hmm. in Pittman's program uh i think that's really significant and scott just jumping back real quickly if kirk ferentz coached till 109 how many touchdowns would Iowa eventually score? Yeah, not many. I had to ask. It's a fair question. It's I have no answers for Iowa. We, we can talk Iowa and Iowa State in a second. Uh, I had 
I had a lot of, I would say fun. I enjoyed watching Tennessee Pittsburgh. Uh, I honestly, I think I know y'all know this. I picked Tennessee to win by two touchdowns and I really thought they were going to win the game that way. They had so many opportunities in the first half when they had uh, blitzing guys who just, I mean, they were half a step off. They had so many potential tip ball interceptions, fumbles. Like they were right there about to blow that game open and they just never did. Offense wasn't clicking like it had before and like I expected to later in the season. Tennessee won a wild one. Uh, they fought back and got it after Pitt fought back. Um, it was a good football game. I thought Tennessee was going bigger. Tennessee got the win. Give me some thoughts, JB. Did you get to see much of it? I know you were at a Notre Dame game. Yeah, I had the uh, – I always try to be a professional and have the iPod set up and multiple screens to uh, maximize my ability to – stay attuned to things for football scoop. But um, I saw a fair amount of it. I thought that um, Tennessee did a really good job, in my opinion, of holding serve early and keeping its feet under it when Pittsburgh threatened with some knockout blows. And it was 10 nothing. And then I think the play of the game was the throw into the end zone that went off the Pittsburgh players' hands when it would have given them a huge early lead. And instead, it turned into an interception, a great play uh, by the Tennessee defensive back. His name escapes me, number one. But I thought that was the the game-turning play. And then um, for all that we talk about Tennessee's offense and the defense needing to keep pace, Tennessee barely scored, I think, a field goal in the entire second half um, and yet managed to get a win on the road in overtime against the top-20 team. Uh, we wrote about it last week. We've talked about it. The culture that Josh Heupel has instilled on Rocky Top is significant. The so I remember I tweeted at that exact time when that happened, John. That tip ball, the pick in the back end, uh, back of the end zone. I said, "Is that going to change the game?" And it, it obviously it did. Uh, my wife is not a college football junkie like some of the rest of us, but she happened to be sitting with me when uh, Pitts tight end caught that ball down the right sideline, hurdled the. <laughs> and went for the touchdown. My wife lost her mind. She's like, this is the greatest play I've ever seen. Big man, hurdling a dude. It was awesome. Yeah. College football is the best, y'all. All All right, I'm moving on. NC State handled Charleston Southern like they should. Washington State snuck up and got Wisconsin. I didn't see a lick of it, but kudos to Washington State for fighting through that one because, you know, that's a slog fest at Wisconsin. Yeah, I didn't see a lick of it either, but, I mean, great to see, uh, you know, Eric Morris, the – uh, offensive coordinator left UAW um, and get a big win for him and Jake Dickert. And then UIW also picked up a, uh, a big win over. A, I had nuggets. That I that slept since then, but it's a it was a big day for college football in San Antonio. If and, I'm not mistaken, the uh, Washington state quarterback also. Yes. Cam Ward. yes. Yeah. Cam Ward. He was huge in that game. And um, just like we talked about with Stanford, a little bit with Iowa, how far has Wisconsin slid? Yeah. yeah. I mean, going all the way back to last season when they had these really, really lofty preseason expectations and, and underwhelmed far more than not. Um, here we are seeing Wisconsin underwhelmed very early in the season again. Yeah. They tend, Paul Chris tends to figure things out and find ways to, you know, if he's off early in the season, he tends to put it back together and, and get him right. He's a good football coach. Let's see what happens from here. Ole Miss handled Central Arkansas the way they should. I know we all expected Wake to beat Vandy. Um, they did. I thought Wake played pretty well from what I saw. Any other thoughts on that one, guys? Congrats to Sam Hartman getting back. You know, he'd had the blood clot issue that popped up really out of nowhere late in camp. This was his return game. 
Um, Wake Forest had, had won and done what it needed to do without him, um, but they're a juggernaut with with Hartman and 45 points on the road against the Clark Lee defense. Obviously, that's no slouch. Texas Tech got an uh, awesome win for their program at home. OT, Zach, give me some thoughts on Texas Tech Houston. Yeah, I mean, I, it's for developing programs like we saw with Tennessee, like snatching victory from the jaws of defeat and, and stopping, you know, negative momentum is such a difficult thing to do. And it's so encouraging when you see it happen. I mean, Tech went up 17-3 and then Houston kind of did the same thing they tried they did against UTSA, came back, take a 2017 lead. Tech comes right down the field to force overtime. Houston takes the ball scores first in overtime, and then Tech's facing a fourth and 20. Like, it, it looks like it's ball game. Uh, I mean, I'd go. I'm sure I'd love to be in the Houston defensive room for that fourth and 20 play because Tech runs like a mesh concept. Uh, linebacker is supposed to be dropping back. Uh, quarterback Donovan Smith flushed to his right, and then the linebacker goes and uh, pursues Smith, and the receiver on his side is just wide open. Hits him, you know, about five yards short of the sticks, and he gets 21 yards on fourth and 20. And I'm sure Doug Belk's like, let him run. He's got to go 20 yards. But, <laughs> that, uh, you know, that, I, I doubt that's how Zach Kittley – I mean, great play call. I doubt that's how they drew it up, but it worked. And then uh, they, they force an overtime – or force a, a field goal in second overtime. They go down and win. Like, that's that's winning football. That's what they hired Joey McGuire to do, is go out and win games like this. Like, it was a great to see, great football game. Like, I, I, I can't wait for the new look. I mean, between this game and uh, Baylor, BYU, like the, the new look Big 12 is going to be so much fun to watch week in, week out. I can't wait. I mean, it's fun right now, but it's that, that league is going to be continue to be fun. You know, you, you talk about hiring winning guys like Joey McGuire. I'll throw in uh, Jeff Trailer, UTSA. Those dudes fought back. You know, I think everybody kind of – the way that game was going, you think Army's going to win that game. And Trailer squad just fought back, fought back, fought back. Field goal sends them to OT. Uh, they they win in an OT. It was it was fun to win to watch. Uh, a lot of heart there, and those dudes played very well at the end. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, oh, go ahead, John. No, it's just for for both those programs for for UTSA um, for what it almost did last week and what it did last year, and then goes on the road to Army for Texas Tech. You guys know I call those ahead of the curve wins. Those are ahead of the curve wins, especially for Texas Tech. All right, rapid fire. Let's talk through some other games real quick. I was excited to see Mike Elko get another win, 2-0. and What a start for those guys, right, at Northwestern. That's a Yeah, I think one. we all picked Northwestern, so hats off to, to Mike Elko for that 2-0 start. Amen. Uh, Georgia State was right there with North Carolina, but North Carolina hung on, got the win. I'm going to jump through some other interesting ones. South Alabama goes up to Central Michigan and wins pretty easily. Nice work there, young man. Yeah. Uh, Gosh, Colorado and Air Force, 41 to 10 Air Force wins. I think we all picked Air Force. I, I believe we all picked Air Force. I think we all thought Air Force would win. Okay, 41 to 10. Like, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but the the all the advanced metrics do not have Colorado favored in a single game this season. Does Colorado, does Colorado look at Troy Calhoun whenever something comes open again? Troy's been really good there, and Troy has been up for a lot of jobs and never gets one, and I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it's something I need to talk to some people and give some feedback on that one. Navy, I'm just concerned about, guys. I know we talked about this last week as well. Memphis just beat them, just beat them, beat them. Mm-hmm. I don't feel good about Charlotte football either. Uh, I don't, Charlotte's defense is not very good. You know, uh, 
Will Healy looked for the right defensive coordinator for a long time, and, and I don't feel good about where they are. Yeah. All right, Cal beat UNLV. Cal's coming to Notre Dame this week, right, John? Give me some thoughts on anything there. You know, um, Justin Wilcox, a finalist for the Oregon job, uh, doing a nice job just taking care of business with UNLV now yesterday and in, in a huge opportunity game. Uh, for for Wilcox, who's been a, a hot coaching commodity for a Notre Dame team and, and program that's limping a little bit right now, um, there'll be so much pressure on Notre Dame and zero pressure on Cal. Um, and when Wilcox's teams get solid quarterback play, you know his defenses are going to respond, and that's what we've seen early in this season. Iowa and Iowa State played football. Iowa State won. How do you walk into the room and face your team if you're Kirk Ferentz saying, guys, this is the best, this is our best offensive plan. Like, this is it. And, like, I, I don't know how you face your team, your fan base, arguing that you're putting your best foot forward offensively at this point. Uh, I yeah, mean, that's a change, right? They have yeah. To. yeah. Yeah, that's why, I mean, that's why I made that comment about if he coaches till 109, would that be one touchdown a year? Or, like, what do we do? Like, it's it's terrible. It's you have scored, um, what, 10 offensive points in eight quarters against an FCS team, a great FCS team, and a completely rebuilding but very well-coached Iowa State team. Of, of all the Iowa State teams that were supposed to beat Iowa, it was not this one, although I did pick mm-hmm. Iowa State. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Iowa is setting back offensive football decades. <laughs> Just decades, no big deal. That's only like you know a third of the time parents has been there. No big deal. Uh, all right, I got to run through this because I got mass gentlemen. We got a couple of things I want to touch on. Eastern Kentucky came back seven OTs. JB, give me some some flair on Eastern Kentucky beating Bowling Green. You know, just uh, super exciting for that program. We talked with the uh, the real tragedy of Walt Wells having the heart episode. Uh, that was extremely dire, guys. I mean, I don't want to reveal too much information, um, but I think we're all just really thrilled to, to see Wells on the road to recovery because it was completely touch and go. There's no hyperbole there. In that, I'd said before that they felt really good going into the Eastern Michigan game, that they weren't daunted by that before everything happened with Wells. Tremendous, tremendous character win yesterday for the Eastern Kentucky Colonels. They had a lead in that game early. They were up a couple of touchdowns late. Then, if I'm not mistaken, Parker McKinney, their uh, quarterback from East Tennessee, had to throw a touchdown pass with no time on the clock to get it into overtime. And then they go and win it in the seventh overtime where the guy dives. He, he gets around left end and he dives and he just hits the pylon to end the game and give Eastern Kentucky the win. Shout out Walt Wells. Shout out Derek Day. Shout out Jeremy Hawkins, who's on our minority rising stars list. Bunch of good dudes on that staff. That's significant. College football is the best. So James Madison beat beat Norfolk State big. That's not the story. <clears throat> Just wanted to extend our condolences and thoughts and prayers to the Signetti family. Uh, Frank Signetti Sr. passed away yesterday. Um, you know, he's a he's a legend in uh, in football, and uh, our hearts are with those guys. Middle Tennessee bounced back in a big way. I wasn't anticipating that one. I think they were up. I, I forget what the halftime score. They were just killing Colorado State, and they hung on. They won 34-19. Good win for those guys. Wasn't expecting that one. 
I'm looking around. UIW, we referenced beat Nevada. Nevada? Nevada? Sorry. <laughs> Kansas wins. West Virginia loses. Eh. Yeah, eh. That's bad. Holy yeah. Cross. Holy Cross, another FCS team. Did you see the, the Hail Mary? It's fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. That was wonderful. Uh, I'm looking, I'm running through these gentlemen real quickly. Well, UMass doesn't look like a good football team at all. How does Weber State beat Utah State so bad? What happened to Utah State? Did the wheels come off? You know, week one, they had UConn, and we all thought UConn played well. Yeah. 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 Really yeah, strong, especially with the job Blake did there last year. Just a now yeah. Weber State's good. Weber State's a playoff team every year, but we didn't expect that. Uh, kind of off the radar. Tulane looks good a couple weeks in. Like, looks real good. Real good. Tulsa hung, hung on, beat Northern Illinois. Uh, I think Northern Illinois made a couple of runs there. Tulsa, good for them. That's a big win for them. Early on, uh, Louisiana, Lafayette was losing at home to Eastern Michigan. Came came back and, and put it on them. John Summerall got his first win as Troy's head coach. Congratulations, young man. That's awesome. La Tech, Sonny gets his first win, right? Good for yeah. him. Uh, San Jose State had a lead on Auburn in half, I believe. Auburn came back and, and fought through and got that win as a as a good team should. Good for them. LSU was just in a different league of, of athletes versus Southern. It was just it was something. Boy, Nebraska played a football game. October second. I mean, it, October second, the the date at this point. Like, you, it it just can't continue. It it no. can't. No, it's over. It's over. It's- yeah, it's over. It's unreal. Like you tweeted it, Zach. What is that? Ten losses in a row and one possession games or something. But I think he's now um, like five and twenty-three in his time at Nebraska in one possession or single-digit games. I mean, it's just an abomination. All right, a couple more to touch on real quickly. Brent Price squad got their first dub uh, over Boston College. If I'm thinking about that right, congratulations there. Couple of them at the end of the night. Uh, we referenced Oregon State just fighting through Fresno State. Oh, We're Smith all on that bus. We're all on that bus. Yeah. Love it. And then Mike Leach. Give me some Mike Leach flair. You know, Arizona. What what what's happening there? You know, I stayed up for almost all of that game, and finally, and you guys know this because I was sending Slack messages. But um, finally, sometime after two a.m. here on the on the Eastern time zone. I did call it after Mississippi state put that game away, but to Arizona's credit, it was um, a 25, 17 game midway through the third quarter, late into the second half before Mississippi state put it away. Rogers continues to look really good at quarterback for Mississippi state, but the Bulldogs have to get some more from their run game. If you haven't seen it, go find the Jaden Delora uh, clip that's going around the internet. He, he reverses field like three times, goes back like 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like it, he's doing his best Johnny Manziel impersonation. And so many times you see that in the camera pans to a wide open wide receiver that the defense has just forgot about. But instead he does all that just to throw it into coverage and it's intercepted. Like really well designed, well-written play by the writers there. Like that was an incredible job by everybody. I completely expected the guy to take that back for a pick six. Didn't happen, but it was still highly entertaining to watch. All right, everybody, hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Go to Mass. Enjoy yourselves. College, UT, football, college football's over. UT Martin for you today, Zach. UT Martin. Here we go. Jason Simpson in Missouri State. 
Uh, UT Martin versus Missouri State kicked off our weekend Thursday night with a great game, a FCS playoff potential preview. NFL Sunday, Saints open up, big win of the Dirty Birds. Not much else is going on. Picks went well this weekend. I think we'll talk about that at some point in life. I don't know. I, I felt pretty good about them. Y'all enjoy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Football Scoop Podcast. We out.